Thank you for downloading a Jigsaw Guide to Life with Alec McClellan. Hi, I'm Tim Donnelly. Welcome to the program. We're so glad you could join us today. Here's a riddle. People think they can't find it, but they never leave home without it. People say they don't have it, which only confirms they've got it. What is it? Alec has a passion for pursuing truth, practicing tolerance, and promoting critical thinking. An author and a speaker, you can find out more about Alec and his resources at www.alexmcclellan.com. So what's the answer to the riddle? Some think they can't find it, but they never leave home without it. Some say they don't have it, which only confirms they've got it. The answer is this, truth. On today's program, Alec talks about the nature of truth, encouraging and equipping you to clear up confusion in the culture. Perhaps you've heard this sentiment expressed. It's only true if it's true for you. Or perhaps someone shared a belief that they hold, and then they defaulted to this. But it's just my truth. There's a great deal of confusion in the culture about the nature of truth. And we need to add some clarity to the conversation. Truth is essential to the gospel. It's critical to Christianity. And we need people to understand the nature of truth so they can understand its importance in relation to the gospel. Well, the best place to begin is by defining what truth is. And truth can be defined as what corresponds to reality. Truth is what corresponds to reality. It is whatever resonates with the real world. An example of a truth statement or a truth claim would be this. I was born in Scotland. Now, to say I was born in Scotland is a truth claim, a truth statement, or the fact is it could be true or it could be false, but the truth of this statement is not dependent on my feelings or how popular an idea it is. The truth of this statement depends on what corresponds to reality. Where was I born? What resonates with the real world? And whatever is true, you can't make something not true by not wanting it to be true. Equally, if something is not true, you can't make it true by really, really wanting it to be true. Our desires, our feelings, uh, popularity of things, they do not make something true or false. Truth is what corresponds to reality, what resonates with the real world. Now, the next question might be, well, maybe that's what truth is, but how can we know it? I mean, how can we be certain about what is true? This is a question that people have wrestled with throughout the ages. René Descartes in the 17th century is famous for wrestling with this question. How can I be certain that what I know is true? And so Descartes said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to discard all the questionable beliefs. Get rid of those, peel them away like peeling away layers of an onion to arrive at what I can be really certain of. Well, Descartes peeled away layer after layer after layer, and he arrived only at this. Well, the fact that I'm even thinking about this question, well, I can be certain that I exist. But that was as far as he was willing to go, hence the dictum, I think, therefore, I am. 
Well, the 17th century rolled into the 18th century and Scottish philosopher David Hume said, if you have to be absolutely certain about everything, you can't be sure about anything. We're fallible creatures. We can make mistakes always. And so Hume even questioned what Descartes arrived at. And this idea where if absolute certainty is necessary to know the truth, then we collapse into what's often described as scepticism. We end up with holding belief because we could be wrong about anything. Now, no one lives like this consistently, but many people adopt this as a philosophy. Now, it's okay to be momentarily sceptical, perhaps while you're weighing up your belief, but some people adopt it as a lifestyle where it seems like they're unwilling to take a position or a belief on anything. But we can see the difficulty of arriving at things that we know to be true. Well, the 18th century rolled into the 19th and 20th century. And in this period of time, we saw the rise of the scientific method. Now, science is wonderful. It's a great mechanism for engaging the world that we live in. And science makes an inference to the best explanation based upon what evidence is available. Now, over time, more evidence can be available, which means what is true of science today may not be true of science tomorrow. But that's okay. We don't want to push science beyond the boundaries of what it's designed to do. But some people have and continue to do so. Some people have claimed science is the test for everything. Well, when people made this claim, science is a test for everything, others were quick to point out, well, that statement, science is a test for everything, cannot be tested scientifically. So that fails its own test, and that quickly comes crumbling down. If science is not the test for everything, then where do we go? Well, the 19th and 20th century period of modernity has slid into what's sometimes described as postmodernity in the 20th and 21st century. And this raises all kinds of questions about truth. To the point some people arrive and say, well, there is no truth, or we can't know the truth, or I can just know what's true for me. And we hear this certainly in the popular culture today. But if anybody raises these as statements or arrives at these as conclusions, there's some problems that they run into very quickly. For example, if someone says there is no truth, we can ask, well, is that true, that there is no truth? Because if that's true, at least, that there is no truth, then I guess there is truth after all. Someone may say, well, I'm not claiming there is no truth. I'm just saying we can't know what's true. But again, we can come alongside them and say, but can we know that's true, that we can't know what's true? Hope you get the point that truth is always smuggled back into the conversation. Even if someone says, you know what, you can only know what's true for you. That statement they make that is true for them, you can say, well, I guess that statement you're making is true for me too. So anytime we speak and open our mouth with any kind of sense or meaning, we assume that what we say is true and true for other people too. Otherwise, why even say it? So the difficulty of really defending this kind of idea that there is no truth or we can't know what's true or even we can just know what's true for me. We still see in the popular culture some of the residue of this, the remnant of this lives on, particularly the idea that we can just know what's true for me. You hear it very often in the popular culture. And this is often arrived at not by thinking clearly about this, but instead closing our mind and following our feelings. 
popular described as listening to your heart. How many times have you heard in a movie or a popular song, you ought to live life by listening to your heart? And what does that translate in the popular culture? It means you follow your feelings. Cheryl and I have three kids, Sophia, uh, Mariah and Asher. We've watched movies as a family growing up. I don't know how many movies we've watched, particularly animated movies, where at a critical point in the movie, when a decision had to be made, the character was encouraged to do this. Before you make a decision, what does your heart tell you? Listen to your heart. I would be so frustrated, I'd have to press pause and say, kids, does that make sense? Are you getting it? What did the kids say? Dad, can we just watch the movie? <laughs> they would be so frustrated, but I couldn't let it slide. And after movie, after movie, after movie, they got pretty tired of Dad pressing pause on the remote control. However, it didn't take long before I didn't have to press pause on the remote control. They were sensitised to that statement. If we watch a movie today where that comes up, I can just look at them. They're glancing at me, perhaps rolling their eyes at me, but they get it. They understand. They pick up on that statement. They realise the weakness of that statement, following our feelings. Can you imagine if we really lived that way, where my truth is just my truth? Can you imagine? Yeah, we should fight against human trafficking, but it's just my truth. And the human trafficker, obviously, he has his own truth. No, when we speak these words, we believe this is true for everyone. And so we don't live in a world like that. And so how can we know what is true? We know that it's difficult because we're fallible creatures. We can make mistakes. But that's why I always bring in the jigsaw puzzle as an analogy. Treat every question about the world kind of like a jigsaw puzzle in terms of the fact it's confusing. We have pieces missing. But you know what? You don't need every piece of a puzzle to see the big picture. And what does that tell us? It tells us this. And don't miss this. You don't need to know everything to know the truth. But instead of just following our feelings, the Bible talks a lot about our heart. But the, way, the word heart in the Bible doesn't mean you follow your feelings. The word heart in the Bible means the whole person, which includes our mind and our emotions and our will, the very essence of personality. That's how we live. That's how we find the truth. That's how we live the truth. By engaging our heart, which is the very core of who we are, which includes our mind and our emotions and our will. And yet we can see this idea about following your feelings, it persists. Why does it persist? Why is it so popular? Well, here's very uh, quick five reasons why it's so popular to listen to your heart. Number one, it's easy. Well, that's very attractive. Number two, you get to do what you want. Hey, that's even better. Thirdly, you get to do what you want and believe you're doing what's right. Well, surely it doesn't get better than this, but it does. Hang in there for number four. No one else can criticize you. Why? You follow life based upon your feelings. You don't choose your feelings. You just have your feelings. No one else can criticize you for your feelings. They have their own feelings. And fifth and finally, others have to leave you alone. No wonder this idea about listening to your heart and following your feelings is so attractive. And yet we don't live this way consistently. It's unlivable. It's self-contradictory. Uh, but yet we need to sometimes burst the bubble that some people have when they try and live this way. Well, one of the underlying reasons, too, that people persist with this is that even when they're confronted by the truth, they don't want to live that way because truth comes at a cost. It means we don't get to just do things our way. We don't get just to do whatever we want. We have to bring our lives in line with the truth. 
and that can be uncomfortable. That is not so attractive for people. And this idea of coming against the truth, uh, there can lead to opposition against the truth. People stand against it because they don't want to follow it. Let me say a quick word about tolerance too, because often the difficulty with people believing different things, the way that we overcome this is described as becoming more tolerant. But we need to make sure that we know that tolerance has changed. In the popular culture today, what does it mean to be more tolerant? It means that you agree with people you disagree with. Well, that doesn't even make any sense. If I disagree with someone, I can be labelled intolerant just by disagreeing with them. But if I agree with someone, I don't need to tolerate them. I agree with them. You know what the real definition of tolerance is that we need to fight to reclaim is this. Tolerance is agreeing to disagree while remaining agreeable. If I disagree with someone, I still respect the person and allow them to hold and express their view. That is the definition of tolerance. And that's what we ought to see in society. Not agreeing with people we disagree with, that doesn't even make any sense. But we need to be agree, agreeable, even with people that we disagree with, respecting them and allowing them to hold and express their view. Wouldn't that change the world? Well, as Christians, we want to demonstrate tolerance as Jesus did, not agreeing with people he disagreed with, but being agreeable, respecting those who looked at the world very differently, trying to define what truth is that corresponds with reality, helping people know that we can understand the truth by engaging our mind, our emotions and our will, not just to know the truth, but as the Bible says, we need to follow the truth. And that's the final thing I want to leave you with. Once we know the truth, we have a decision to make, to walk with God or to walk away from God. And God wants us to know the truth, not just so we know it here, but so that we will follow him, follow the truth, and that will change everything. Thank you for joining us. You can find out more about Alec and his resources at alexmcclellan.com. That's www.alexmcclellan.com. I'm Tim Donnelly, and thanks for listening to A Jigsaw Guide to Life with Alec McClellan.